your buggy. You're a wizard, Harry. Expecto Patronum! And boom, here we are, episode three of the Universal Unleashed podcast, the show that brings you into the Universal Orlando parks. And today I am joined by my co-host, my good buddy, my brother, the man who never cries a tear at Halloween Horror Nights like I do. Mike, how are you? Good, buddy, good. Uh, I'm excited. Episode three, you know, we're flying along here. Uh, I'm excited about a ride we're going to talk about tonight. It's a ride that uh, I've done quite a few times with my family. I know you've done it, and uh, man, it's a Marvel superhero, so uh giving a little hint on what it's going to be, but uh, you're doing good tonight? I'm good, man. It's uh, It's been a weird week here. You know, we're, one, we're behind on recording. Last week, when we decided to do the the marathon weekend for Disney Dads, so we had not only two Universal shows, but three Disney Dads shows, and then, of course, Hurricane Dorian decides to come and knock on the door and make everything really interesting here in Charleston, but, man, we got lucky. It wasn't too bad. We lost our fence but I'm going to try to rebuild it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if it looks like a fence by the time we're done. Uh, but as long as it keeps the dog in, I guess that's all we need. But other than that, man, we, we were pretty lucky. Uh, but, dude, it, it skirted up that way, too. Like, you you got some remnants. Yeah, I think uh, Friday night, Saturday morning, we got some rain. And it got cold here. You know, I actually had to go to work on Saturday. And uh, I had to put a sweatshirt on before I went to work. And it's been a while. I had the heat on in the car. And... Yeah, really? I'm really not ready for it. I actually turned the heater off in the pool, and it's starting to close down the backyard. So uh, it's it's that change in season here. I'm not really happy about that. But, you know, change in season brings other changes, brings changes to the parks, and we get to see, you know, Halloween Horror Nights, and Christmas will be coming soon. So uh, as much as I, you know, I'm kind of dragging my feet, and I wish it was still summer, I'm definitely excited to, you know, bounce into the next season. And we're recording today, and it's opening football, basically. You know, it's the first Sunday football yeah. in a long time. So uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I think I'll have a pumpkin beer tonight and uh, watch my Steelers play. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready for the pumpkin yet, man. I've been, I've been all, I've been out today running errands, and there already is pumpkin everything all around. But I am ready to get the decorations out and and uh, make our house look. Uh, I guess I could say amazing. Yeah. Maybe have an adventure or two. Yeah, maybe dressed as Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> I know that guy, the boy from Queens. That's it. And if you have not caught on by my uh, very pathetic introduction to this amazing attraction we're gonna be talking about the amazing adventures of spider-man today over in a uh, marvel superhero island at islands of adventure uh mike man i tell you what we've talked about this attraction a little bit before but we're really gonna dive in today have you done this one and two uh what's your thoughts just overall before we really dive into specifics on this ride yeah, you know, I had done it before. I did it the first time on our very first trip with the family, and it was in 2009. Uh, I actually rode it with Sarah, just me and her the first time, because there's a 40-inch height requirement for this ride, in case you don't know. Uh, and on our first trip, Sammy was too small to ride, so Laura said, you know what, I'm not really into the whole uh, Spider-Man ride thing. I'll hang out here with Sammy. You and Sarah go and enjoy it, because Sarah was of height at the time, and uh, our very first, my very first time on the ride was with Sarah and uh, it was a great ride in case anybody is curious on what the ride actually is it's kind of a hybrid ride you know it's a ride that consists of a 
motion vehicle with 3D projections and a very elaborate physical set. Plus they have some effects that pop in, you know, there's some fire involved and you can feel the heat. So it's got a little bit of everything. You know, it's kind of a roller coaster type ride which changes direction and then it has the 3D screens and you have an actual physical set that you're going through. And I think it's a very cool, well-designed ride. And uh, I love it. I think it's an important ride to go on when you go to Universal Parks. I think that they they did such an amazing look, look this this ride opened in 99 with the opening of Islands of Adventure. It was actually opened even before the park uh opened to guests. It was open for technical rehearsals uh, on March 27th of 99 and I think this this was way uh above its time and, and ahead of its time. Uh above its time doesn't make a lot of sense. So let's go with ahead of its time. Um but you know, sometimes you say things that don't make sense and we can do that on this show more than any other, which I like. Um I love the the whole premise of that area. But I want to talk about the queue before we really talk about the ride. Did you when you were a kid watch the Spider-Man cartoons or did you cuz there really weren't movies when you were a kid i'm not talking spider movies i'm talking just regular movies because you know you're so old but um they had more of the <laughs> you would go watch the, the the what were they called when no one talks silent the, movies uh, yeah 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 you, you know <laughs> there the, was a spider-man tv series i don't know if you remember that in the late 70s early i do 80s. Yeah. so that was something that i watched yeah. and you know spider-man was a boy from queens and guess what i was a boy from queens so it was something that definitely i had a uh you know you know, I was hoping to get bit by a spider one day, I guess, so to speak. You know, uh, yeah. I actually loved it. I thought it was he was one of my favorite superheroes as a kid because of the familiar stuff. And because I used to watch the TV series, I believe it was on Sunday nights right before the fall guy, if that makes any sense. That was uh, no, know, not no. before your time, huh? Pre, pre, pre Justin's yeah, time. Yeah, um, I think Peter Parker and Spider-Man are so popular for our generation is he's so relatable. You know what I mean? He's a kid going to high school trying to figure out life and and uh doesn't get it right a lot of times and you know, he got look he lucked into what he's got going on. He got bit by a spider. So I mean, it's not like he was born with this and he learns how to do it. Um but you know, now we're just talking about Spider-Man and and our love for him and Peter Parker. Um uh, but when you enter the queue, you enter uh, the Daily Bugle. Mm-hmm. And Daily Bugle plays a huge part in Peter Parker's life. And you're walking through the offices, and some of the um, things you see from the old school computers, and the and you know they're writing the stories, and they're posted on the walls, and you go through actually like a filing room. Um, it's pretty cool to uh, to see like behind the scenes how they actually made this queue part of the attraction. Yeah, and they they use that Daily Bugle part to build it up because the whole premise of the ride is that you're a last-minute reporter, you know, and you're a reporter for the Daily Bugle. And as a matter of fact, the ride vehicle that you're boarding is called the Scoop. So uh, it, it definitely sets that tone and that, you know, sets the story before you actually get into the actual ride. You know, it's setting the stage and, you know, putting you in that, that particular moment of being a reporter for what's going to happen and, uh, you know, behind... The, the mayhem that's going to ensue with the bad guys. Can we talk about uh, Jonah Jameson's? He's the, of course, if you don't know Spider-Man, he's the editor of the Daily Bugle. Um, can we talk about his terrible decision-making? Who's going to pull just random people off the streets and send them <laughs> to these dangerous places to gain uh, gain information? He, he really is a terrible person. But... Um, you know, like you said, you are now a, a reporter and you're in your scoop vehicle. These vehicles are pretty cool. 
I mean, this has to be one of the first times they've used something like this. Now you see it with a lot of attractions, whether it be like Indiana Jones and Disneyland, or you see it with Dinosaur, you see it with where the ride vehicle itself moves on uh, a flat surface, but due to um, the, the way the vehicle moves, it feels like you're on a bumpy road, or it feels like something's falling on you. If, you know, it's a pretty cool concept on what they did with this. Even almost feels like they pick you up a few times and shake you, and some of the scenes, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's a very uh, motion as as simple as a ride is. It's a very immersive ride where you really get a lot of different kinds of movements and scenery with it. Now, let me ask you this because now we're in our scoop vehicle, and you're about to to go through the loading docks and, and the back streets of Manhattan. Now, I've spent some time in the city. You grew up there, or from there now. Uh, how how good of a job did they do to create that ominous New York uh, look that you're going through? Well, back in the 70s and 80s, it had definitely had that Manhattan look because the crime was terrible back then. Times Square was not a place for visitors. Uh, I want to say in the early 90s, in the when Mayor Giuliani became came in, he really cleaned up the city and did a huge, amazing sweep up clean up really tough on crime seems to be going back to the early 70s and 80s now uh, you know if you walk around it's still not as bad but uh yeah it, it definitely was a good representation because you know the city wasn't a place you would want to be uh certainly not take a family vacation but now with the way it's been cleaned up it's definitely not what it looks like now but it definitely looks like what it did back then in the 70s and 80s definitely uh you know you had mentioned earlier that this is a 3d attraction but it's not just solely a screen. You know, some of these things you go into, you just are sitting in front of a screen. Um, it, like we said, it is a working ride that you were riding through. But the screens are implemented in a way. We, we were talking last show about how sometimes screen the screens can be a little heavy. I feel like they're implemented in a way with this attraction that you almost, they play a secondary role. Even though they're, they're what really tells the main story, I don't feel like the screens over... Uh, I don't, I don't feel like they take over the attraction like they do with a lot of others. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it, I'm sure, in a future episode. But if you look at the Minions ride, uh, that's a yeah. very screen-heavy ride. I mean, that's almost all screen. It tells the whole story. This is more of, like I said, a hybrid. You know, it, it adds a lot of different aspects of different motion. And it's not relying just on the 3D movie aspect of what it is, you know? Yeah. No, 100%. So, uh, so we boarded our, our, our ride vehicle. We're in the scoop. And we're going back, and now you see the first uh, remnants of Spider-Man as you see the Spidey signal. Hello? This is Jonah Jameson. Roger, over. Is this thing on? Listen, Scoop. Crime reports are coming in from all over the city, and I'm starting to get worried. Did you see that? The spider signal! Was Spider-Man nearby? Trouble can't be far away. And you know what trouble means. Headlines! National coverage! So don't screw this up! I mean, uh, good luck. Now, my question is this. I never, I was never a comic book kid. I never really read comic books. Did you? I, I don't even know. I did. This, a right? little bit. I did a little bit. And just very few. I wasn't very much into comic books. I actually yeah. had a, a select few. Star Wars comic books and Spider-Man comic books, if you can believe that. Now, you know, I know the bat signal, but I don't know. I've never... Is a Spidey signal a re- legit real thing? I'm sure someone oh, no, out there... Oh, no, it's a legitimate thing. It's a legitimate okay. thing. They, they've so talked they, about it in the comics before, yeah. So they have the Spidey signal. So you see the Spidey signal, and you hear Jonah Jameson saying, oh, there's a Spidey signal. Wherever that is, Spider-Man can't be too far behind. 
and now you know that you're in for the ride of your life as you come through. Now, as you're coming through, you're getting some of these um, cool experiences, and you come into the first scene, right? Mm-hmm. The first scene is Spider-Man jumping onto the front of your scoop vehicle. Mm-hmm. This may be the greatest, one of the greatest effects ever done. Man, you shouldn't be out here. Doc Ock on the loose. This could be the most dangerous night of my life and yours. Be careful. Nice shades. That's Spider-Man. That no good and readily a target. It's so good that that's pretty much the outside facade of the actual ride. It's got him in that same position, same pose, basically poised on the car looking at you. And it's it's an amazing uh, way to really start the ride off. The way that he jumps and the 3D effect of he looks like he's sitting on the front of the car. But when he hits the car, your scoop vehicle, you feel him hit the car and the car kind of bounces. Yep. You know that? And then there is another thing. When he jumps... And, you know, I had never noticed this until I rode, you know, I've ridden this thing a hundred times. Until you start looking around, because you're always paying attention to the screen, right? It's a Spider-Man. When he jumps off of the ladder Mm -hmm. over there, it actually dips like a physical ladder. There's a physical effect where it goes, and it's just an incredible effect. To where they're they're bringing the 3D environment, but they're bringing also the effects in around you, to where you you don't know where the screen stops and everything else begins. If that makes sense. Oh, absolutely, yeah, a hundred percent. I'll I'll tell you there was one there was one particular time we took the ride and the screens broke. There was a problem with the projector, and uh, Laura, Laura got sick on it because something was wrong where it was just, it was completely out of whack. There's something with the computer system, it was completely wrong. You were getting stuck in scenes. It was actually pretty funny because people in the car were laughing, but that was the only time where you could actually see what the screens were because there was a malfunctioning in the screens. Every other time I've taken that ride, it's just been a flawless start to finish where uh, it's not a screen-heavy ride because they incorporate so many other things with the set and with the effects yeah so once you leave that you know spider-man tells you to be safe out there you know this is no place for you to be be safe out there uh your next scene you go to um you're (laughs) this is one of the greatest things we've done now that we've lost the great stan lee every time i ride this you know it's such a it's one of a one of the greatest cameos is he's driving the trash truck that almost hits your scoop vehicle. Mm-hmm. And but then you get into where you're going to meet the villains that you're after. Now, like I said, I'm not a uh, I'm not a person who read a lot of comics, but I did some research for this, and I know. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna fit right in. The Sinister Syndicate mm-hmm. is uh, is is who you meet next, and they're a fictional group of supervillains um, that are all there together. And look, they're holding the Statue of Liberty hostage. Yeah, that and that syndicate is incorporated with Doc Ock, Doc Octopus, uh, Scream, Electro, Hydro Man, and the Hobgoblin. Yeah, I, and I tell you what, it's once again the story begins here to where now you're starting to get a behind the scenes look at their plans. They're talking; they don't really see you at first. They're kind of talking about their plans and what they're going to do, and then they turn around and they see you, and you immediately hightail it out of there to get away from them, uh, which is look. 
no matter what, you're in trouble because now they know they are on to you. They know you know the plan, and they're going to come after you. Everything's going as planned. Excellent. And with my anti-gravity cannon, even Spider-Man won't be able to stop me. You mean stop us? Yes, of course. Yeah, so, you know, we've talked about how they're, you know, capturing the Statue of Liberty with an anti-gravity gun. One of the next scenes you go to is where one of the sinister villains comes up, Electro, and he tells you to get out because, you know, he's warning you about, you know, what, what's going on. And he takes a huge plug and he sticks it into your ride vehicle and he electrocutes you and there's electricity going off and the car is shaking and, it's to, you know, simulate you being electrocuted. And uh, like you said, it's a very, very cool effect. Yeah, it's 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 a great one, and the way the car is shaking whenever he puts you know he, he puts the plug in, it's just you know, and it's it's really is one of those scenes where it you know now that you're in trouble. Like you you've got to get you've got to get out of here. You got to get out of here, and he lets you go. I think Spider Man uh, slings his web, grabs him, throws him back, and now you're able to escape. And look, this is not one of those attractions that you. It's not a easygoing ride. I mean, it doesn't throw you around, but when you're leaving these scenes and when things are happening, it's moving pretty good. You know what I mean? Like it's turning around, it's going quickly. Uh, it's the effects that are going on around you are, are great. And then you go on and uh, look, you almost uh, get attacked by Scream. This is the next one with these massive claws, and I think that's probably the most in-your-face 3D effect throughout the entire attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, where they, you know, he they're slashing at you and and uh, and trying to get you. It's it's from scene to scene. It tells the story of each individual character. Um, one of my favorites though is Hydro. Whenever you get into that scene, because now you get a physical effect that's coming at you. Yeah, uh, everybody knows Hydro is obviously a water kind of villain and uh, he takes shape into different types of water and he takes a huge swipe at your ride vehicle and as he does you get obviously a little bit of misty water so much for being careful just get back to the bugle and (laughs) yeah and the way spider-man fights hydro is just fantastic i mean pretty much turns him to steam which is the greatest? Because how do you fight a guy made of water? It's almost impossible. I mean, you bottle him. What do you do? It's just <laughs> it's just the worst. Um, but of course, Doctor Octopus is the the key to this. But before he takes control, you get the Hobgoblin Throwing and pumpkins at you. Throwing pumpkins, and not only that, it's probably my favorite physical effect of this entire attraction because as he's about to throw these pumpkins at you, Spider-Man catches it with his web and is able to divert it, and now it hits a wall right next to you. And the fire comes out, and you can feel that heat. Oh my gosh, man. Is it, it gets completely hot in that room, and there are just flames. It would not be a universal attraction without fire and without water getting thrown on you at some point because they do that better than just about anywhere else. Um, so the Hobgoblin, he takes off, and, and now we are going through the streets 
But that is when Dr. Octopus gets us. And mm-hmm. he takes care of our scoop. Tell us, Mike, about what happens with the anti-gravity ray gun as Dr. Octopus gets us and just absolutely puts all his energy towards us. Yeah, I mean, if you thought you got shaken around with the Electro, you were really getting shaken around and getting tossed about when uh, Doc Ock got you. And uh, you were just... It's amazing how much they can make you feel like you're being tossed and knocked around with the way the the movements of the screen really mimic the way the car moves. I mean, it's synced up perfectly. It's it's a, it's an incredible experience. You know, uh, we talked about how you know on the last episode Jaws, but it was great to you know go on YouTube and watch that. Doing watching this on a video it doesn't do it justice. This is one of those things that you physically have to experience in order to really appreciate what a great effect that is. Well, and once he gets you with the anti gravity gun, as you turn around too and you're exiting the scene, you can see the green rays and the green lasers coming through, and things are levitating around you. Now he gets you and he lifts your scoop vehicle 400 feet in the air. At least that's what it feels like because not only do you have the vehicles moving around like you're talking about, but you have a movable building set, which if you look to the right or left, you can see the moving set moving as you go along. Uh, Different lighting cues, and not only that, the wind. They use wind to project down on you like you are being lifted straight up into the air, which is just that effect in itself. If one thing wasn't working, it would completely crush the entire effect. All those things put together... It's incredible. I mean, you really feel like you're being thrown above the New York skyline. Then you're, you're 400 feet in the air, and then he he decides to do what any great villain would do, drop you 400 feet to the ground, and he turns it, and it, a, he nails your cart with the uh, gravity cannon now, which he's, he's disengaged it, and now you are descending, and you are free-falling down past everything you've gone by, and right as you get to the bottom, you're about to smash into the ground. Who else? But your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man creates a great web for you to land in. He has saved the day. You punks have short-sucking it up. Land's not enough. You're taking a die. Yes, again, Super Goon. Happy landings. After you, after you hit the ground, you're back on solid earth. And, of course, Spider-Man's there. He saved the day. And now you're heading back to the Daily Bugle where your, uh, where your journey's over. Look, you have done exactly what you meant to do. You just documented this amazing 
uh, experience for the Daily Bugle, and you get that great Spider-Man theme music that's playing, uh, which uh, and then mm-hmm. you get the voiceover. Spider-Man, the- Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. See, I don't sing much. <laughs> I sang for this. Yes, one. he sang. I love it. I love it. Yeah, he sing on this show. I love it. Uh, but look, it's it's an amazing, amazing attraction. One of my favorites at Universal. I I think this would just need to stay there forever. They did an incredible job with this. And I really can't think of many ways that they could make this better. Yeah, no, I love this ride. Uh, like I said, Spider-Man's always been a childhood hero of mine. So it's, in order to experience this, I think it's absolutely awesome. Um, and even my wife, Laura, who's not crazy on the screen-heavy rides, this really isn't a screen-heavy ride. You know, it's part of the the ride itself. You know, that's what obviously brings a lot of it to life. But um, it's not just a 3D movie. You know, it's it really has a lot of stuff incorporated with it, which makes it really special. And what this is 1999. I mean, this was this was really ahead of its time for what it was. I mean, we're getting rides that are coming out uh, at Universal and at other theme parks as well that kind of vie to be like this. You know, this is what they want that 3D effect and that that whole bit. So I think this is really uh, it was really ahead of its time from back then. You look at this whole attraction and you you just hit it perfectly. I think that they base a lot of what they do on this attraction. Mm-hmm. I think that it is such a perfectly executed ride that there look, when you do something right the first time, it's easy to mimic that again and again, you know? And even though technology's gotten better and changed over time, I just think it still does exactly what it sets out to do and that's to take you on this journey um through the streets of New York with Spider-Man. It's for me if I was to list one of my top five attractions in Central Florida, this might go on my top five. It's yeah. that good. Yeah, I would say so. It's it's really that good, um, buddy. Before we uh, before we move on to our next topic, anything you want to add for Spider Man? Uh, if it's one of your first trips to Universal, I would definitely say make this in your must do list. It's definitely a ride that uh, is certainly. Uh, an experience and even if you're not a roller coaster a thrill ride kind of person give it a shot because like i said even my wife who's a little timid with some of the stuff she really enjoyed it so i would definitely definitely recommend making sure that this is on your priority list of getting to do yep a 100 percent priority list for me is in two weeks uh two weeks from today i will be down in central florida and i will be going to my favorite thing to do every september we typically go in september and that's to go to Halloween Horror Nights. Guys, like we said on the last episode, we're going to try to hit all these houses and scare zones before Halloween Horror Nights closes this year. Next year, we, of course, will be on it as uh, houses and scare zones are being announced. But let's hit a scare zone and a house tonight, and let's head over to Halloween Horror Nights. Halloween Horror Nights is up and running at Universal Orlando. I am, for one, I'm getting the itch, man. I'm getting the bug. I need to watch a few movies. I need to watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space again. I saw it a few years ago, Mm -hmm. but it was kind of on in the background. You know how you do that with movies? Sure, sure. 
Um, and then I need to watch House of a Thousand Corpses, Rob Zombie's movie. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see that? I have. I'm a huge Rob Zombie fan. I'm a huge yeah. fan of his music, and I appreciate all what he does with the new direction of it, the movies he takes, you know, Halloween and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's a very very cool guy. I'd love to meet him someday. You know, he's uh he's definitely a talented individual. Yeah, I, I've got to see House of a Thousand Corpses because uh, that is one of the houses there this year. And of course, we already talked about the Rob Zombie uh, scare zone there. So it, I, it's on my list. I've got to find I was looking the other night to see where I could stream it so I didn't have to buy it. Um, so I'm still, I was looking. I think Cinemax had it, but I don't have Cinemax. And Cinemax doesn't even have an app you can stream on, no, no, which right? is no. very strange. I don't know. This day and age that they wouldn't have an app. But anyway, that's beyond uh, what we're talking about tonight. Let's dive into a original house this year. I always like seeing the original houses almost more than the IPs because I'd like to see the 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 way they go and the story they create because it starts from scratch and they're able to do a whole new story. We're going to talk the original house, Yeti, Terror of the Yukon. Face the brutal beast of Yeti, Terror of the Yukon. Uh, look, I, for one, love when they do houses like this, but because... Everything is larger than life. I think it's great. This this is a spinoff from Slaughter Cinema uh, House that was there, um, where they had the folklore of like the Yeti back there um, with that house. And I love that they're bringing that and giving it its own house this year. Here's a story, Mike, and this comes from the Halloween Horror Nights uh, page. Deep in the remote tundra of the Yukon, loggers and trappers seek refuge from the frigid grip of an Arctic blizzard. But out in the darkness, a terror lurks far more dangerous than the deluge of snow and ice. These unfortunate souls have introduced... Uh, these unfortunate souls have intruded into a territory that is haunted by their worst nightmares. Enter a logging camp that's been torn apart, floors caked with snow, bones and gore. Right outside, screams are frozen on the faces of those who fled the towering monsters, only to succumb to the elements. But there is no escape from the beast as brutal as the winter. One, I'm terrified of cold weather. And two, I'm terrified of yetis that work. So I am, uh, I am really excited about this. Hearing that... What are you expecting from this house? Uh, I think it's really cool when you can kind of play into the folklore thing. You know, the Bigfoot, the Yeti, something that could, I don't know, maybe it really is out there. So you have that doubt. Uh, I think it's very cool that they bring that in. It's not just your usual horror, gore, you know, angry clown kind of thing. Uh, I think it's really cool that they're going to bring that element into the park. I think that's, I love to see that. I think it's very, uh, I think that's an amazing story to get into too. Whenever it has the backstory and it's not just some serial killer, you know, chain wielding chainsaw guy, I think it's really cool. I, I like the whole story that they gave to that also. Well, the two, I like when we get cold houses. Every now and then you get a cold house, and they're really cool because you walk in and you feel the... I mean, they, they make it like an icebox in there, and there'll be snow on the ground and all that, and it's it's pretty cool, man, how they do those effects. You know why I love cold houses? is because in September in Central Florida, it's still pretty hot, and yeah. the fact that you get your evening and you get to go in there and cool down really quick, uh, it's great. These Yetis, I've seen pictures of them. The They look incredible. I mean, blood dripping from their mouths, like huge, absolutely just massive. And I think it's going to be some great jump scares because, look, you can have people jumping out at you, but to have somebody that is in a Yeti costume that's seven feet tall, Mm -hmm. that's coming around a corner and you don't see it, you know, or coming out of a, out of a, a log cabin that you're having to walk through. It's, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, your videos and your pictures from that. You know, that's going to be pretty cool. I haven't seen anything yet. I've been looking online. I've been watching some people's stuff. I have a few friends that are actually down there. An old uh, high school friend of mine uh, has been taking part in the Halloween Horror Nights just from the other night. And uh, that's something that I really want to see. Uh, I'm kind of visualizing in my head maybe the uh, that snow monster from Star Wars. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. That's kind of what they look like. Those yeah. Lines. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to how they actually pull it off. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be great. I, whenever they inundate you with not only the look but also the feel, I think that's it's it's going to be really, really fantastic. I'm excited to do that house, and like I said, I'll be doing uh, a lot of live stuff from Halloween Horror Nights over the next uh, over the next uh, two weeks, three weeks, stuff like that. As I get down there, um, that house looks amazing. Anything you want to add to that house before we jump into a scare zone, real quick? You know, I'm a I'm a fan of of the Yeti. You know, the, the story legend. Do they have? Because I don't know this. Do they have merchandise associated with some of these houses? They do. Yeah, a lot of times they do merch. That well, they always do merch. I I don't like the fact that they've gone. A lot of times they go really IP heavy with the merch. Mm-hmm. So they put like a lot of um, us merch because us is a house this year or they'll put a lot of Stranger Things Stranger Things merch was just it, it was rampant last year um, this year I think we're going to get a lot of Ghostbusters merch it, the merch is out and I've seen it nothing jumped out at me um, except for maybe they have some glasses that I really like stuff like that um, right. like drinking glasses but overall yeah the merch for me is really busy they try to put it either all on there or it's IP heavy I wish they would do more with the original content Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I guess uh, I've been watching some of it, and I've seen some of the you know the general merchandise, but I haven't seen anything for something specific to that with the Yeti. No, cool. I mean, yeah, a frosted Yeti glass would be super cool to you know drink a beer out of. That's for sure. Dude, and think about you. You know what you're talking about merch, and that leads me perfectly. We're going to talk about a scare zone really fast, and that is Vikings Undead. Um, it says we're all familiar with the brutal Viking warriors. It's terrifying enough thinking about facing them alive. Now picture facing them as the undead. They have risen and laid siege to Central Park with an onslaught of gore. Bloodlust never dies. Talking about merchandise, how cool would it be if they sold a beer inside of like the Viking horn? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. oh and you could wear it. You know what I mean? How amazing would that be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, do they have do they have special drinks and stuff for those? Yeah. Like, would they have a special uh, Viking beer or uh, like a stand set up? Not really for that. They have special drinks and food during Halloween Horror Nights. I think I've mentioned it before. I mean, pizza fries are a staple. We we make pizza fries here at the house year round because of Halloween Horror Nights. What's um, pizza fries? Oh my god, man, they're amazing. They're fries with marinara sauce and pepperoni and sausage and cheese melted on top. Mm. Oh, dude. I'm telling you, you you you're like you're looking at me like oh really? No, I I might try that. You got to get the fries yeah. really crispy though. You use like the steak fries or the skinny fries? Uh, we use steak fries. It be we put them in the deep fryer. We get them real crispy. Okay. And then you do some marinara, and then some cheese and some pepperoni and sausage. I would try that. It's perfect. Make some. Let me know what you think. I think the yeah, girls yeah. really like it. Yeah. It's a per. Yeah. You know, it's perfect if you're having kids over the house. Make a huge like tray of them. And put them mm-hmm. out. Oh, in some dipping, some ranch dipping sauce. Oh no, no you draw the line. On that. <laughs> <laughs> That's you lost me. <laughs> now, now we're done. All right, going on to the next house. Well, not about the Vikings. Not not only is uh, is my thing terrifying to you, but these Vikings are going to be terrifying. Undead Vikings. Um, I'm hoping there's a lot of flames in the scare zone and a lot of you know. It almost looks like they've overrun the entire place. Sometimes the scare zones can be more of a opportunity to take 
pictures than it is for scares. It used to be simply based on scares years ago. Now I feel like some of them are more like almost Instagram posts waiting to happen. Selfies? Yeah, selfies, stuff like that. Um, I'm hoping this is not. I'm hoping this is terrifying. I'm hoping they are going to be absolutely just walking the streets, just you don't want to get anywhere close to these things. So Vikings Undead, Scare Zone coming this year, or here this year now, It's it uh, opened. So we are we are off and running with Halloween Horror Nights. If you uh, if you have not done it yet, um, and you were even contemplating on heading to Halloween Horror Nights, get a hold of me or Jamie at show at awaywithmetravel.com, and we will uh, we'll take care of all of your planning needs with that. Because, look, I go every year. I know a lot about the event. I know a lot of tips and tricks to how you can get in houses earlier and you know faster and where to be and stuff to do. So uh, get a hold of us. It's, it's a great way to do it. Um, Mike, I got to thank you again, buddy. We had to modify our schedule because of Hurricane Dorian. And uh, I got to thank you for taking your Sunday out to be with me. Any uh, any closing words you have about Halloween Horror Nights, Spider-Man, anything uh, Universal show in general? No, no, I'm excited and I'm, I'm happy with the direction the show is going. And, um, you know, you've mentioned it before, how people get in touch with us. And if there's anything particular someone wants to, you know, hear about on the show, we'd be happy to dive into it. And uh, I'm having a blast, you know, episode three. And, uh, I, you know, I'm enjoying the journey. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. This show will continue to evolve. And uh, we hope that all of you are enjoying this journey through the Universal Parks. And uh, just remember, guys, everything's Universal. And that's going to do it for the Universal Unleashed podcast. Check out all of our shows at www.disneydadspodcast.com. And while you're doing that, make sure to head over to Facebook and join the Universal Unleashed Facebook group where you can find out everything going on in the Universal Orlando Parks. This has been YDF Media Productions.